Tostitos has not paid me anything. Fuck you, Tostitos! You heard it here first, I guess. Fuck you! I hope you die! Pizza roll! Welcome to Every Game in the City, a podcast about eight game makers, curators, and researchers who are meeting up in Shanghai for a week to try and watch every game at the International Dota 2 Championships. I'm Patrick Lemieux. I'm Stephanie Bullock. I'm Yang Jin. I'm Alexandra Lee. I'm Peter Nelson. I'm Philania Montbelio. I'm Wei Shanglin. And I'm Will Parton. In our last episode, Shanglin was about to narrate his long night out at The Late Game, a Dota 2 talk show where he got to interview the cast and crew of the International Dota 2 Championships in Shanghai. So this time we'll tune in and hear about his adventures with shoutcasters, camera operators, Chinese translators, TV producers, and a certain buffoonish dad who seems to hate pizza rolls. What happened in your night? Like, what's going on there? So we were at the apartment and deciding what we were going to do for the evening. And uh, there's something called the late show mm-hmm. that happens after every day of Dota uh, in this tournament. And the late show is kind of like a Jimmy Fallon, Conan O'Brien situation. Mm-hmm. You know, hosts talking about the highlights of the day, but it's very casual. It's set in a bar, and in the background you can see people milling about. And this is streamed on Twitch to a fairly large audience. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people know the hosts of the late show. It's quite a famous uh, cultural phenomenon within mm-hmm. the world of Dota. Yeah, we were we were streaming it, except we we were having <laughs> trouble using Twitch, and so we were actually watching it from the Dota client itself. Yeah, this is actually really interesting. So, was Chang Lun uh, went back to the stadium to pick up a ticket and get on a bus the idea to a hotel? Yeah, the idea was that I was going to go to the late show. Yeah, so I had to do all that. And, and the rest of us were like. Yeah, we'll no. watch the lunch. <laughs> <laughs> we ate dumplings. Melania had like a takeout app, so we ordered a ton of amazing uh, like soup dumplings yeah. that were like big soup dumplings that uh, were browned on the bottom. It was Box. awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and and we like hung out. We plugged in the computer, and since the internet doesn't work that well, what we did was we booted up Dota, mm. and the connection to Valve servers. Is incredible. We noticed this in Beijing and here. We're getting like we can barely send like an email in Beijing or or the apartment computer. But the connection to Valve is like eight megabits down. We're like sucking down video and content. Mm. Uh, so we just booted up the software and watched it through do- like Steam TV. So it actually wait. You can watch this through the client. Yes. Yeah. We watched you. So you are now. Dota. In Dota. I'm in Dota? You played Dota. That's so... you, you didn't play Dota, you are Dota. <laughs> I'm Dota. Yeah, so, so this is so funny because we were just like having a beer, like having takeout, sitting on couches, just relaxing and watching a few matches while you did your transportation. And then the late show started and we just like tucked in to see what would happen. Let me tell you about the transportation and yeah. uh, my journey of the night. So I left the apartment, kind of like an astronaut leaves from the moon. And... <laughs> Really, I was all packed with snacks. It's like your first day of school, like, does you have enough to eat? Like, you have pocket change? Stephanie gave him her phone. (laughs) Yeah, I was carrying two phones, I had a bunch of snacks. Uh, And the first thing I did was go get my own dinner, because you had your feast, and I Mm -hmm. thought, I'll just go to the place we had breakfast at. Mm. And it was just the lady who served us, and we had a conversation about what Dota was. And she's like, oh, I have never heard of this, but computer games are really big. Also, you're very handsome. 
Mm. Uh, did she use the word schlock? Yeah. Did you yeah. just add that? No, no, no. Okay. She, she said very specifically, you're very handsome, how old are you? I was like, oh, this is weird. <laughs> but then because we were conversing and I was just kind of flustered when I left, I also said like, oh, uh, which is just like something you say at New Year's. <laughs> or never. Or never. <laughs> It's like blessings upon your health. Like. But it's like, with the body, though. Yeah. Blessings yeah. upon your health. <laughs> your, your health. Yeah. Your blessings upon, upon your health. Have, have, uh, have a nice body. Have a nice body. Have a nice body. So just, I just dropped this, like, have a nice body and leave. Uh, <laughs> what a, a healthy like body. Like an astronaut have a saying. healthy body. <laughs> Smooth. Uh, and what I've Should done I? is I have uh, we chatted this person in a group full of English speakers who are here at the International Nine, mm. and I just ask who has a ticket, and I obtained a ticket from Michael. Didn't, don't do, know. Do, do we turn Michael into something else with a computer voice? I don't. I mean, I can't identify Michael. You know, Michael. Such an uncommon name. <laughs> you really, really got him. Yeah. It'd be funny if we actually did do them, please. I, I think we will actually do it. It'll just be like a Microsoft Sam being a Michael. <laughs> so, I go back to the arena and there is uh, a kind of person with an electronic, two people with electronic signs um, saying, waiting, English bus, late show. Mm-hmm. And they're uh, there with a person named Chef. So I say hello and introduce myself. It turns out that chef, who's the first person of many that I interview during the night, uh, with the premise that I actually record our interactions for as long as I can hold my phone up mm-hmm. with my incredibly buff arms, yeah, uh, which is not very long. I then it kind of sinks slowly and I go, oh, interview is ending. You can see what percentage we're at. It's <laughs> <laughs> egg timer. Yeah, exactly. And so as the internet interviews were winding up, the view would become uglier and uglier uh-huh. as you saw our double chins. Uh-huh. So, uh, Chef is a translator for this event. Cool. He's uh, hired, I think, by Perfect World. Yeah. And he did, for example, the subtitles on the cooking show that we watched. There were so many interconnected stories, by the way, so strap in. Here we go. Yeah. He was really interested in the fact that, you know, uh, China is the epicenter of Dota. He thinks it makes total sense for it to be here to attract a new audience. He was very excited uh, about uh, all the new opportunities for Chinese casters and Chinese culture. Mm -hmm. Um, But his specific work as a translator, I asked him questions. He has to do a lot of interpretation, right? Translation is never uh, an apolitical act. Mm -hmm. And so how does he decide? what words to use, what terminology to bring to the table, what um, connotations Mm -hmm. should he uh, utilize. And he said it's very political and it's very much dependent on who I'm translating for. Mm -hmm. So for an editor, I want Mm -hmm. almost a word-for-word non-dynamic translation. For a cast or for like an English audience, Mm -hmm. I want as quickly as possible the meaning without any of the nuance. Mm -hmm. Um, Just, you know, the the pure facts. It's a really interesting conversation. Uh, okay, so I'm here, late night show waiting area, uh, with Chef, which is short for Chef. Yeah. And, and what's your role, Chef? Um, I'm a chess leader for this game, and uh, kind of like um, all around staff, uh, doing this and that. You described your role to me earlier as like firefighter. Right, yeah. Like, I kind of like help everywhere. Okay. When I'm not doing stuff that else. Who actually hires you? Um, Perfect World. Perfect is, World. Yeah, so which is Chinese China. proxy. Yeah. Proxy company. Really interesting. And have you done many internationals or is this the first? This is my first one. I'm still in college. Oh, really? Mm, well, mas- uh, mathematics. Mathematics? <laughs> right. So you do translation just as like a side gig? Or? Um, yeah. Um, and you said that you did the subtitles for all the videos that were kind of happening inside right, the stadium. Yeah. Uh, in- in- like intros, interviews and stuff. 
um, they're trying to like um, get get interviews with really influential mm -hmm. content creators and stuff. Like um, they'll be showing like later later in this um, in the event. So these are pre-recorded, and then you went and subtitled them, right? What like the work of translation? Because I speak a couple of different languages. Mm -hmm. My Chinese is really bad, so don't <laughs> right. ask me any Chinese questions. Sure. Uh, it's always like a matter of interpretation. There's lots of choices that you can make. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. What's your role in like deciding what to how to translate it? Well. Actually, you see, like for subtitles, there can be like really different kind of edit. like there's really different standards for doing that. Um, so, 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 so there's like the subtitles for crowds, yes. like for audiences. It must be like accurate. Um, orders go like, to a security guy. If you know, any problem, the same. As long as like you get the point. Mm. However, there's like also you should like we do subtitles for editors, so that like editors wouldn't understand Chinese would edit them like in proper in proper order, so that for them the subtitles needs to be in. Like per precise orders, like so it depends on who you're translating for, is what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's interesting. And then what about like translating um, the Dota specific terms? Do you well, I'm have a, a dictionary? Or what's going on there? I um, I've been playing Dota for like since I was in college, so and I'm like um, I'm 5K MMR, so that's like top three. I three percent. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, I, I like I dish classes for that. <laughs> You know what? A lot of the stories we're hearing are like people who play too much Dota and then like almost fail university. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's true. And what's what's the significance of the TI being here in China? Like, what's the difference for you? Well, um, I mean, like because I'm in college, there's just not much time so I can travel around the world and see it. So this is really the first time. Because check like Dota, like we there's some videos showing that saying that earlier that like China, China is like the epicenter of Dota. China is the epicenter of Dota. Yeah. Great. So um, yeah. So this is. It's gonna be like, um, like root finding or home finding, like homecoming, like um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, something that like really cements it here as the home. Sure. Yeah, it's really interesting. Along the way, uh, people start to gather around us, and we notice that more people people are leaving leaving the stadium, so the game is ended. I meet uh, three tall, slightly intimidating. Uh, men who are speaking Russian to each other, mm -hmm. but then they're also speaking Chinese to each other. Oh, nice. Yeah, and their Mandarin is not bad. It's actually quite good. Mm -hmm. So I strike up a conversation <laughs> first in Chinese and then in English, and it turns out that they are all students or working here in China, um, two of them in Shanghai and another, I think, in Hebei. And it's uh, really interesting. They're studying Chinese, and they're from... I think Ukraine or Moldova uh, and they're huge Dota fans but they don't have a ticket to the late show so they've come up and just kind of try uh -huh. to hope to get to the Russian cast or the English cast anything Wait, so that that's to. something I wasn't clear on there's a Chinese, English and Russian late show? The late show is sponsored by Valve like uh -huh. Valve actually um, uh, pays money for this yep. to happen and yes there's an English, Russian and Chinese version Wild. of the late I show with different hosts Stupidly I always assumed it was just like an English thing no, this is like, yeah, yeah it's a really full cool. operation. Yeah. Um, obviously... Are they all in the same system. space? Like three desks or three three bars? Three, three different... High tops, I guess. Three different rooms. Ah. Uh, this this bar has three function rooms, cool. essentially. Um, yeah, it was really exciting. So the, talking with the three of them and asking them questions, the thing that they were really pissed off about and super angry about was the unofficial resellers. I'm Serge. Serge? He's Bordic. And Alex. Easy. Um, what, why are you here at the International? To watch the games. Okay. To see how our team is playing. Who is your team? VP. OG. OG? We was for VP. Okay. Kind of a mixed reaction there. How long have you been playing Dota for? Oh, uh, Okay, so you're yeah. like long-term yeah. fans. Yeah. 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 Can you explain to me why Dota's good? 
Because like I have never played Dota. It's not Dota. good, dude. It's not yeah. good. Why isn't it good? People are toxic. People are toxic. In what way are they toxic? The game is nice, but the, the people are toxic. That's why. Okay. Nice. It's supposed to be a team game, game. game. but still, pub games are. Pub games are. Pub as in public games. games? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And waste of your time. But what about this stuff, which is not like you know? It's awesome. Right. So this is like top tier cream of the crop. Yeah. Mm. You were talking about scalpers. Why? You can see. What, what's going on? I don't understand. Yes, the main, the main, you can buy main company that was selling tickets in China. They sell it for only for simple people. It's only like 20, 30 percent. But mostly was sold to scalpers. Almost seventy percent. Seventy percent were sold to scalpers, yes. and then and, and then, then scalpers can... are like they voted for five hundred two days, and they're they selling like, like one thousand five hundred per day, not per two. Right. So they're they're really jacking up the prices. Yes. Um, and what and is that? And they are they're rude. And they're rude. Yes, for sure. They, why? They why? don't care. Okay, right. It's not their game. It's not their anything. They're just money. For so they, they're like they're not playing Dota. They're not part of the they, Dota. They are too old. They don't even understand what means like Dota. <laughs> yes. But, they make but it like I, I heard you can you can see the secret shop. They also buy some stuff and sell it. Resell it. Resell it. So they're actually in there buying merchandise. Yeah. yeah. Without any any idea of what it is. I think it's all China. Okay, we should walk a little faster as well. Um, I, and I have another question. Like, uh, I've heard that the scalpers are actually tracking the games to know how to adjust the price. Yes. And they're asking, where are you from? The guy just told us, he, I sell it to a Canadian guy yeah, they say, for 2,000 yeah. RMB. But yeah. because you are from Ukraine, Ukraine well, I'll sell you 1,500. <laughs> yes. Wow, okay. If you're from Australia, Canada, or this kind of country. He even cares about the country where he's. Yeah, so it's like this, this weird game to them, but it's not the same game yes or something <laughs> that's so interesting okay and do you have any like ideas of where dota should be in the future like how uh, how do we improve this game sure not in china not in china yeah, where do you want to so. why why not scalpers scalpers in germany you want I mean, it back in, in cologne back in cologne maybe, maybe that's in what germany if i'm not wrong maybe for tix yeah, they'll do that to, to mm. Mm. yeah immediately when i was saying what you know, is your perception of Dota here? And they said, it's awful. We hate that it's in China because of all these reasons. And I said, but mm. you live here. And they said, yes, but this, this, and this. The fact that the tickets are unavailable to true Dota fans has never been a problem before. Mm. Um, so it kind of outstrips the country. It is very different this year. The money stuff is wild. Like it's completely transformed from previous years. Just as they say this, we hear a commotion in the background. And it's people yelling really loudly, and suddenly a swarm of hundreds of people in yellow jackets, the Shanghai Gongan, the mm. police, mm. are suddenly present all around us. And we see a man like being restrained by police people, uh, trying to fight and, and punch. And it turns out that they had just arrested a bunch of ticket resellers. I'll be right back. Okay, so we're here outside of the stadium, and incredibly there's an altercation, it appears, with like the police and a man, maybe a sculptor, who knows? No idea what's going on, but there's so many security guards all over the place. I think they're actually police, actually, at this point. Yeah, that's right, Shanghai Gongan, the pronunciation of which is in, uh, incorrect, but that's okay. Okay. Huh. That's a good show. But here's what's exciting. They were fighting back, and the whole crowd, all the Dota lovers, were yelling at the ticket resellers. Oh my gosh. Like, really slurs and angry words. 
uh, and it was a huge scene, and no one was recording. So I recorded, <laughs> and I kind of like walked into the middle what? of it. Okay, so we figured it out. There's scalpers, and now there's there's a big crowd yelling things. Uh, I got really close to the action, and it was wild. Like there were only three or four people kind of in the altercation directly, but everyone surrounding the center of gravity, swirling us of a sea of yellow vests. And as suddenly as it came, it went over, and they disappeared into the night. And everyone cheered and applauded, and dispersed. Can I ask a question? Do you think that was because they were selling in the bar, like because you know that's not happening outside the stadium, right? I have no idea. No, sorry, this wasn't at the bar yet. This is still, we're waiting for the bus. Really? Yeah, yeah, this is at the stadium. So maybe the police is forced to take some action. Because, I mean, in that case, personally, I'd feel sorry for the resellers because I, yeah. cause they're just working, they're just doing the job that they've been hired to yeah. do by the person who bought the tickets up the chain and up the chain. Yeah. So in a way, like, you want to yell at someone, but this, as is always the case in customer yeah, service, the person you want to yell at is not there. Mm. You know, it's the person who's front of house. There's a lot of scapegoats on this podcast yeah. today. Yeah, right? Wild. So as, as soon as they leave, we realize that we've got everyone here and we kind of head towards the bus, which is a little walk away. And then the bus itself is a trip away. And it feels very um, like Andy Kaufman-esque where you know, it's a secret journey to another place. Mm. <laughs> and uh, on the bus, I meet a bunch of different people, including Michael, who gave me the ticket, who I, I forgot to message back. And so he thought I actually already got on the bus and I was outside stuck because I didn't have a ticket. And so we had to do a weird crossover. Mm. Um, Michael was from uh, United States of America and he had friends there from Belarus and New Zealand and Armenia. And so it was a real international sense of community yeah. uh, that had been playing Dota internationally for a while and they were meeting up. So it's almost like you know, they were meeting for the first time as well. This is what something Percy told me was that he wasn't he wasn't looking for American friends to give the tickets to because all of his friends were from the UK and they couldn't afford the plane trip. His Dota friends are UK people he meets once a year at this event. I met Jingyu, who was a master's at CMU, but lives mm. and is originally from Shanghai, mm. uh, whose master's thesis was on Dota. Okay, so we're still walking along to the late game meetup show. Uh, and hello, what's your name? Jingyu. Jingyu, uh, can you tell us about your relationship with Dota? Uh, I've been do playing Dota for around nine years, starting from Dota 4. Yeah. And then around, I think, 2014, I transferred to Dota 2. And why did you do, why did you transfer to Dota 2? So uh, I moved to US for uh, master school, and then around that time, uh, people around me playing Dota 2 only. So I have to make that change. Right, so that you had people to play with. Yes, yes, basically my friends, my yeah. friends, my classmates, my teammates. Mm. Oh, so you were actually like in a team. Yes. So uh, when I say teammate, it's because in our class, people are divided into teams to actually make game prototypes. Right. Okay. So, so you actually studied game game prototypes. Yes. So my master program is called entertainment. And uh, it's it's about how to make a good game. So uh, also it covers other perspectives, but uh, making game maybe is the main purpose of the program. Yeah, I see. Uh, so we have a little bit of time before we board the bus. I'd love to ask you about like at the international in Shanghai. Mm -hmm. uh, what are your thoughts on it being here, and how does that affect the game? 
I think uh, the difference between this international and the previous ones because Shanghai is it's not my home city but it's in my home country yeah so I would feel myself being more familiar for the environment yeah and also the um, the players here not the player the, the audience here yeah. are different than, than of course uh, when Dota is holding Seattle or something okay yeah. I would love to ask you follow-up questions but we're gonna get on this bus maybe I'll find you another time and we can continue thanks so much <laughs> but she you know was on this trip just to watch Dota because she loved it but she was forced into Dota 2 from Dota 1 because all of her friends swapped yep. over, which is a very common story that I heard from people that have been playing for nine to 10 they years. They were in parody for a while. I swear I would update Dota 1 or Dota All-Stars uh, and then make the changes to Dota 2 based on those. But at uh, patch seven, which is importantly the Monkey King patch, uh, that ceased to be the case. And they made Monkey King explicitly for Dota 2. On this bus, I'm chatting a button with fans of the game and players of the game, and kind of word starts to seep out that I've never watched or played Dota, uh, and I started watching yesterday. Mm -hmm. And the disbelief ripples, and you can hear the murmurs, and suddenly there are people yelling at me saying, we hate you. <laughs> and this is in jest. In, in Chinese? No, 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 in English. This oh. is the English bus at this point, so everything is Just in English now. <laughs> suddenly, Enigma's black hole comes down. And yeah, like, Wombo combo. First, yeah, first arrests, then uh, uh, we hate you. We hate you, but like just yeah, in jest yeah. uh, and they hate me because I get to do all these cool things uh, and I don't even love the game I don't even know the game uh -huh. and there's this sense of disbelief <laughs> no true Dota fan yeah of like, I mean define Dota yeah Shanglun is playing some very hardcore Dota on this trip um, and I do understand their position entirely because it is kind of bizarre. And I, I bring up, you know, oh, this is what they meant by toxic community and everyone laughs and, you know, it's a jolly old time because in person, none of that is present. Like, we all recognize it to be true, but here in this bus, there is true friendship. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I lost an arm and then we arrived at the bar. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that. I just didn't know when was the right time. Yeah. <laughs> You're leaking. <laughs> We arrive at the bar and we separate into the English and the Russian and I couldn't even see the Chinese so I don't even know if the Chinese cast mm. was at the same Were location. The, this, you had separate tickets for separate rooms. So That's you couldn't right. go between the rooms easily? Not, uh, not really. We weren't mm -hmm. supposed to. Yeah. And I walk into a small room with a bar in the back and there are people in front of cameras in the right hand side and in the middle there's just chaos, everyone is surrounding a person. Okay, I'm inside of the bar and there are a bunch of people here. There are a lot of people I don't know who are apparently really important, so that's kind of embarrassing. Uh, and I've already kind of like asked one of the famous presenters who they were uh, and they gave me a really kind of like bizarre, nonplussed expression and said, I'm whoever their name was. Uh, the here is really kind of casual, there's a lot of English being spoken, which is strange to my ears, and uh, people are being asked to sign things and, and take photographs together. So there's all these people, uh, including this person that I think I saw on the screen, who's like the buffoonish dad character uh, from like the cooking show, I think. I don't at all remember what his name was, but there you go. Uh, and so naturally I go up and talk to the person and the person said hello my name is Jake and I said hi my name 
uh, is Shanglun, or I actually said, oh, my name is Harry, because I didn't know whether he was going to be able to pronounce my name. And we <laughs> hung out on camera for a little bit, and it occurs to me, I said, oh, I've seen you before. You were on the big screen. You're buffoonish dad. You're the buffoonish dad character. I saw you on the main screen. Hello! You're like um, a buffoonish dad character. Well, that's, yeah. that's how you were described to me, yeah. So I'm sorry. Okay. Also, um, yeah, but, and what are you doing here tonight? Uh, at the moment, I am uh, sipping on a beer and being in the background. They paid me for it. What? They paid you. Just kidding, it's free. They pay you in Tostinos. No, no fucking you, Tostinos. I've asked for a sponsorship eight times. Fuck you forever, Tostinos. So are you going to be on the show, this late show that's going Absolutely on? not. They won't let me on the camera. Oh, no. What? Just walk up and chat with Jake. So this is a big problem, obviously, because I, as soon as I say this, I go, oh, that's probably not the name of his character. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the character hero, that is himself. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, well, that's what Will told me. So, so just, just to be clear, who is Buffoonish Dad? Sir, Sir Action Slacks, who we talked about before, the pizza rolls fellow. <laughs> the pizza rolls fellow. And I go, oh yeah, you were the Tostitos guy. And I mispronounced Tostitos because I don't know what they are either. <laughs> 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 learning so much. He's uh, on camera with me, taking this all in stride with enormous energy, and good on him. He's got an incredible personality that makes me feel buoyant and happy. Just he's like, amazing. Really he's lovely. Works really hard. Um, and he just—he's hugging me, so we're in a hug. <laughs> you hugged Sir Action Slacks. for a long time. <laughs> like you got Sir Action Sweat on you. <laughs> oh. And I ask a couple of questions. Yeah. So first I ask, uh, I, I don't know, I was kind of floundering a bit. So I asked, uh, do you like Tostinos? <laughs> Good open air. Good open air. That's strong. Yeah. I actually wanted to ask what was the political purpose of this uh, segment, but I instead said, do you like Tostinos? <laughs> and that happens, you know. Every, every interview is pretty I mean, those are basically <laughs> the same question. <laughs> and he says, fuck Tostinos. <laughs> Tostinos didn't pay me shit. Wait, on, <laughs> on camera? On ca I have roll the footage. <laughs> there was none. No purpose. It wasn't like product placement for Tostinos or whatever. No, Tostinos has not paid me anything. Fuck you, Tostinos. You heard it here first, I guess. Fuck you. I hope you die, pizza roll. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Boom. <laughs> And I'm, this is remembering that I don't know who this is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, I mean, it's I know that so he's the Tostinos guy. No true Dota fan. <laughs> yeah. So then I ask him why Dota is a good game, and he says it's the best game in the world, and, you know, all these other games suck, particularly Underlords. Yeah. Fuck Underlords! Uh, why is Dota so good? Dota is so good because it is the best game in the world. Everything else sucks, including Underlords. Fuck you, Valerie! Okay. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Okay, great. Fuck oh. Underlords. So Underlords, interestingly, Slacks is like the one true believer in Artifact, the Dota card game that basically was dead on arrival. And the team from Artifact, after um, kind of releasing Richard Garfield and Scaff Elias from their contract with Valve, which they worked on for like four years to make that card game, the team moved on to Underlords, which is Valve's official uh, remake of the Dota 2 Auto Chess mod made by Team Drodo. That's a Shanghaiese team of modders, including. I'm not sure if they're from Shanghai. 
But they're definitely they're, all they're from China. They're based in Shanghai. They're based in Shanghai. Yeah, and it's um, Cutie, Pucky, Nat, Mouse, and Toto, who are the modders that run Team Drodo, who have made what is now the new uh, Battle Arena, like the new Eat Chicken game, is auto chess. And they supplanted Sir Action Slacks, or Sir Action Sweats. Um, <laughs> oh my god, are you just shading? <laughs> Favorite game. Well, I don't Somebody's know. just like throwing shade on Sir Action's like, but yeah. Uh, I mean, no, would, I, would, human. Would, I, yeah. would I welcome having Sir Action Slacks' arm and receiving that sweat? Yes, I probably would. Yeah. <laughs> it's not shade at all. Yeah. Um, but and yeah, that's his favorite game, which got supplanted by essentially this company that is a, I don't even know if it's a company, it's a team of five modders that built this game that over a period of less than eight months and literally less than a month after the release of Artifact essentially went, went from making a mod to establishing a genre hmm. that you know, there's now this like huge arms race between all of these companies going on like Tencent and Valve, uh, Team Drodo themselves, mm-hmm. Riot, and to Team Drodo signed with Epic. And yeah, yeah, they signed with Epic to become the auto chess. Uh-huh. Uh, or in Chinese, it's which is not, well, it is chess. Chi is chess. Yeah, Walking by yourself. And we'll do, we'll probably do a little like interlude about artifact and auto chess because they're part of this broader Dota ecology where the game of Dota like produces not just esports and economies, but also new games. Yeah. Um. yeah, I think we'll do that. But just one really quick thing that I think is super cool is that um, because chitsa means like not just chess or chess piece, it means like board game piece. Um, when Auto Chess, the mod, uh, came to like English speaking players, they call the Dota characters, the Dota heroes in the game, chesses. And so that Chitza. little chitza. But the English, English, they use the word chesses, chesses. Which, is, which is not an English term that's no, used. No, it's like oh. a literal translation of the of Chinese. Chitza. So now when we talk about these um, like cards or heroes in, or pieces, in auto chess, you just call them chesses. Like I'm collecting chesses and placing chesses on yeah. the board. This is, I have a particular interest in chess because mm-hmm. I, I hate it. And Pippin Barr's uh, kind of interpretation of chess, chesses, mm-hmm. yeah. um, which you can play online, is really good. Um, yes. This kind of history of non-fied chess, what mm-hmm. happens when you reclaim chess as a game for the people by the people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really for that. So I'm excited by... Let's play some auto chess this week. Yeah, yeah, that'd yeah. be fantastic. Well, it's also believed that auto chess brings back a lot of Dota players, or, or at least introduce a lot of new Dota players. It's said to be um, that, that that there's this emergence of interest in Dota two around mm, 2000 and uh, around the time that auto chess was released, mm-hmm. and, and it is now said that out of the the total, I, I think ten thousand hundred up. Uh, no, 100,000 Dota players, um, there are at least 30% of them are auto chess players. Yeah, I think auto chess's subscription climbed from January this year from nothing to over 10 million subscribers relatively quickly. And that's the arcade game inside Dota. Mm-hmm. So you have to boot Steam, boot Dota, find the right panel, upload auto chess. And that experience had 10 million people logging into it. Toto, one of the lead directors, modders at Drodo Studio, did an interview in Russian that was translated into English where he describes auto chess as Dota for people who are too old to play Dota. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, that's uh-huh. me. Yeah, me too. Yeah. 
Uh, um, that's not me. I just, <laughs> <laughs> just want to ask a question. Um, I don't know about this new or age thing about Ola. I asked a guy I was sitting with, so one is 18, the other is 19. I said, are you the, the average age? And they said, no, we're the youngest. They checked with everyone. Mm. They only played it because their siblings were playing it. And they're worried this is a dying game in a way. So Dota mm. is, is for, for old, old people, people and auto chess is for really old people. <laughs> <laughs> How old is like really old? Like 30, 60? Like old. 30, <laughs> 35. Oh, okay. 35? No, we're just like joking. Like, I don't know. 35 is too old. Auto chess is a lot like mahjong, which explains yes. the really yeah. older ah. generation. Yeah. 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 yeah, you take mahjong and poker and put that together within like the weird specific eccentricities of Dota. Oh, okay. And then your and you Dota, the chesses fight one another automatically using the Dota AI and using the Dota moves. And that's auto chess. So two things jump out at me, that this is the first time I've seen something seen as a bridge to Dota. Right? Yes. Dota is inscrutable and impenetrable, but here is something that did lead to people becoming interested. So and secondly, yeah. Sir Action Slacks. I keep wanting to say Action Pants. Sir Action, <laughs> Sir action Pants. I want to call him Sir Action Sweats, as in Sweat Pants. Sweat. Oh, <laughs> oh, pretty good. Sir Action Slacks is also that bridge. Mm -hmm. He's yes. one of the few people who has who knows that his audience is not just people who love Dota. And he can really effortlessly, but with great expertise, talk between those levels. Okay. So when he was talking with me, noticeably he didn't use any real jargon or terminology except for Underlords. Um, and he didn't mock my lack of expertise. He was really like, oh, and now that you've experienced two days, do you love Dota? And you know, like it was. What did you say? I said, in my heart of hearts, I guess I do. Are you a Dota fan now? Always. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in my heart of hearts. In my, no, to be very honest, I hated the first few games I watched because I didn't understand what was going on. It was very confusing. Do you like League of Legends? I don't know any of these games. Well, then you're still okay with me, buddy. As long as you're not a League boy. That's Welcome to Dota, my friend. Thank you. May you lose as much hair as I did. Bye bye. Bye. Uh, <laughs> after a good, that's a good interview answer. Yeah, man. <laughs> we out of that one. You really, yeah, you really climbed out of that initial trench. Thank you. <laughs> the yeah, you went from being like, you know, pizza pockets to in my heart of hearts. No, but I, notice that it wasn't me that salvaged it. It was him. Right. You know, he was the one to bring that grace and energy out of you, out of me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, <laughs> and and I think I genuinely think that's really like you know I talk, saw him interacting with other fans and he was saying oh let's do a sentinel pose and. You know, let's talk yeah. the language yeah. that we talk. Yeah. So from our perspective, back, back at home with mouths yes, full of Bautza and Jautza, uh, <laughs> we just see, uh, we're watching the Late Show and suddenly a smirking Shang Loon appears. Oh yeah, the first thing I gives the camera a weird smirk. Yeah. <laughs> and, then for, and then for the entire duration of the we Late Show is an animated figure in the background chatting with whoever's around, uh, moving energetically, and we just like took many photos around we your like face. like selfies like. in front of the TV. <laughs> cool. Great. 
fantastic. All right. Thank you very much. I need to like figure out where to sit down. Oh no. There is stuff going on. Oh shit. This is like what they do the actual show. So there's a show happening behind me right now, and uh, because the people back at the apartment are streaming this, they're watching me kind of like talking to myself in the background. Uh, <laughs> at least I think they are. I have no idea. It's very funny to me. This whole thing, this whole atmosphere makes no sense. Uh, but it's very exciting. There are people from all over the world uh, that have come together to this particular bar, not just to speak English, but also to see these celebrities. I'm in the photo, I'm in the background of so many photos. This is really bad. This is like ethnographic no-no right here. I had no idea that I was visible from there. I thought the smirk was the only thing visible. No, so no, no, no. You were like so visible minutes. that, you know, the the kind of astronaut pack that we equipped you with, I could like see the sweat on your back from oh, having hair. Yeah, oh no! I am Zeraxian Sweats. Maybe that was uh, uh, some residue from the hug. Oh. <laughs> His like hand print. He's just an enormous guy. We're being so ungenerous to this person who works so hard. <laughs> we he, love he's amazing. Yeah, he's, me. he's wrong about underwear, but he's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for the record, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever listen to this. Um, so I meet a whole bunch of other people. I meet uh, Trent, who is a caster mm -hmm. and panelist. I meet Buka, who is a producer and programmer. Mm -hmm. His job is really interesting. Like, I talked to the two of them together. They curate the gaze. Yes. Like, in a, in a real Samuel Beckett film style, the, the camera of uh, Dota is a character. Yes. And they control that character and then talk about it. And they have technology that helps them. So Buka's job is to write software that interfaces with all the data that um, Dota provides and create overlays with information that the audience does not have that's unique to the cast. Yes. Um, and as well as software that the caster can use to swap like, and say, oh, I want to talk now. So it's kind of like an intercom system. Yep. Nice. Um, and this was totally new to me. And I explained to them why I was here. And they said, oh, this is really interesting because, yeah, this, this has affected the way that we play Dota. We can no longer watch Dota without working. The programmer right. watches Dota and just thinks about what to program. The caster watches Dota and just thinks about where they should be looking. Right. Um, but they can still both play Dota. Like, that's still un, uh, unaffected for them. Yeah. Hi, I'm Trent. Yeah. I'm Buka. Buka, fantastic. And what are you doing here? And where is here? Uh, we are in Shanghai for the International Nine, which is the largest Dota Tea tournament of the world. Uh, and I am a caster slash panelist. I can see why you're a caster slash panelist. I try. You're a very good sound voice. <laughs> You'll understand why I'm a programmer. <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. Uh, one help. hour later. <laughs> yeah, I kind of help him do his job. Make me look good. Yeah. Yeah, so we do like, we make the interface a little bit better, usually that's my job. The, the interface of what? The game. So like, the Wait, game... you work on Dota? Not really. So like, the, the game Dota is very open, so you can like access files, change them, add like data on top of it, statistics and stuff like that. I think like in sports, you have like statistics up here. Yeah, sure. So you kind of like mod it essentially. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Okay, and what information are you displaying on the game? So in this case, in this tournament, I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing them in 
going out of the game. We're grabbing like highlights of the game, but usually the highlights are done by like production people in the back, mm. which kind of creates a disconnect between talent and the production. Just talent, talent, talent. So we give them like a tablet now where they can like decide what to put from the game, and they can like bring it up when they're on the camera. So you you have a curatorial position as well. Uh, yeah, kind of. So uh, like I, it's like almost my own little mini segment, I guess. When I'm working this tablet, I can be like, "Hello, host." Pass to me. Allow me to take over the stream, and I press the little button, and I'm suddenly in control of what everyone at home is going to be seeing. So it's very akin to like any normal like sports kind of thing, like traditional stuff. Where yeah, because like that's not my background, but I'm thinking of jazz almost, like taking the, the lead in jazz. All right, yeah, we can do that too. I'm way more into the jazz. Yeah, I was going to like a hockey broadcast or something, but. Fine. Jazz and cool. jazz. Yeah. Well, okay, hang on. So, like, we would compare to hockey because it's esports, right? But yeah, exactly. Well, I would say it's very similar because we do mimic their presentation uh, quite a bit, right? We have a host, we have some panelists, and the panelists basically go like, "Hi, I just watched that game, and this is what I thought was important." And then a clip pulls up that they have like they have all the things memorized, they have some bits that they're going to talk over, and we're sort of trying to work that into our broadcast now because traditionally uh, we've been very disjointed from the actual video aside just like our faces talking about the game. We want to work more into like the highlights and make them a little bit more like pointed towards the direction of how we felt the game was flowing and that's what Book is doing for us. Okay, so yeah. Pivoting to video. Yeah. Okay, really interesting. And then uh, what's special about the international being here in Shanghai? Because it's new, right? Yeah, this is very new. So uh, it's always been in, well, the very first one was at a game show in Germany but then ever since then when Val kind of took control with Val, people make no uh, they then brought it to their home base in Seattle. So they had it there from TI2 all the way to TI7. Uh, but then the arena that they used to be renovated. So they went somewhere nearby in Vancouver. So it was international. I am. I am. So that was exciting. Uh, and I think that's why I got my pity in place. I'm like the only thing that's passion. So that was my first time. Well, it was your aunt. You know? yeah, that's what got me in. Uh, and then, then they said, you know what? You know, Vancouver's too close. So we have a massive Chinese audience because in Dota, and I'm uh, very happy to find you guys there at TI. So, that's why we're here. Uh, how do you play Dota in your capacity? Uh, we play a lot of Dota. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah, no, but like, but, yeah, I mean, we have to we have to imagine like uh, how the like as the game is going, like you have to be in the minds of everyone that's playing if you're going to present that story to the viewer. Because if there was one thing that any viewer, I think, of all esports wants, is they want to hear exactly what these pro players are saying at those key situations. And unfortunately, because of how secretive that information is, we can't just give that out. We can't like give that booth audio and all that stuff. So as a commentator, as a caster, we have to try and mirror that story as closely as we can, try and draw out that emotion those players are feeling, and try and read as to why they're making their decisions in the game. So it's super performative as well, right? Like you're not just doing this process of translation, you then have to pick the right words so that the audience is brought on that journey. And the right emotion. And the right emotion. Yeah, to try and read like how they're feeling in the game. I mean, we've got like player cams now, which definitely helps. Yeah, you can sure. kind of see when people are. Wait, so they didn't have that before? Like you have to just guess based on play? Yeah, but you can still tell. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we still cast all the time without player cameras. Yeah. We we definitely get to read a lot of times about how they're feeling emotionally.
Very interesting. Super interesting. And this was true for every other person I talked to. Every person had a different role. Myron, who was the ca camera operator who works with Casey. Mm -hmm. So you often see him because they have such a dynamic relationship. Yeah. Uh, Casey will grab the camera and then you'll see Myron, who's this very animated guy, uh, kind of do antics. And mm -hmm. I had a really great discussion with him. His background is, with a lot of these camera operators, their background was in capturing sports events yes. and other uh, non-esports, non-Dota-related events. So this is Myron. Hi. Uh, and Myron, well, I'm a cameraman for, uh, I work for Amazon and Boeing and a lot of corporate stuff. Uh, and then I do a lot of content stuff, you know, like more short stories, that kind of thing. I am. I, I am. I'm in the arena. Uh, and uh, actually what I do is I follow uh, Casey uh, around, Casey's personality. Yeah, so I heard that Casey also is not really in the world of Dota. No, she isn't, which makes it great. Because she can ask questions, and people who are in the world of Dota can actually learn from the questions that she asks, right? So they can all so they all kind of learn together and it helps them get into it. And she's also very funny. Very, very funny. Uh, well, I'm a, I, I miss the cameraman. I, I came on Dota 3, I believe, in Seattle. Yeah, so I've done about six of these Dotas. Uh, and so, okay, you've done a lot of the internationals. What's special about this? Because it's here in China for the first time, right? Yeah. Uh, how's that affected you? Well, that itself is very special. Um, how's it it's a little bit of the language barriers. You know, got to work with that a little bit, but I think it's, it's great. I personally think it should be worldwide. It should, it should have always been worldwide. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think it should have been kept to the United States at all. I think that making it worldwide is probably one of the best things that Dota, the best thing that Dota's ever done. Because you know, the, the audience, the people that play this, the best players, are outside of Seattle. I mean, this is basically, they're, they're, they're in Russia, and they're in China, and Canada, and, and the United States, but you know, they're all over the world. So why not go to where they are, where their fans can actually come see them? And make it big in, make it big in other countries, you know? Yeah. And like, do you uh, no. No. <laughs> Not at all. I can't follow it, man. First of all, I'm too old and I'm too slow. Like, I can't even play it, man. I'm so slow. You're not too old. I can say that much. I'm not too old. Presumably you're not slow because you have to do a lot of technical work at least with the camera. I do. I have to follow a bunch of people running around every once in a while. You're faster than the average person. <laughs> uh, Cameron, the cameraman. Was, I just really loved that. So what's I did. My name is Cameron. Cameron, Cameron, what do you do? I'm a camera operator. I work mostly in sports, but also here doing the Dota 2 International. What sports do you cover? Football, baseball, basketball, soccer, hockey. Yeah, a lot, everything. And so you're traveling all around the place, I'm guessing, too. I mostly work a lot um, locally. In, I'm from Seattle, Washington. Uh, but yeah, so we... The international has was in Seattle for so many years, so that's how we got involved. It's been interesting, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I haven't had a chance to go out very much. We've been working super long days, uh, so but it's it's different. Uh, it's huge. It's, uh, we're here in the summer. It's hot and humid. Yeah, the people have been really nice. Has it affected your job international being here? I mean. Just the fact that we're away from home, um, but we have a lot of the same crew, and so it's kind of, it's very it's more like Can you talk me through like what you're watching in terms of when you're in the arena? Yeah, yeah, so I'm on, it's called a hard camera. 
and it's basically a camera on a tripod at the long box lens, and I suppose like a camera on the shoulder where most people are up close and personal with you know, the players, and, and so I'm shooting from afar. Uh, yeah. You said you do esports. How does esports compare? How does Dota compare to esports? I guess in Dota, like in esports, so much of the game is in the game. When the game is in play, I don't have anything We have so many cameras in the pods where the players play, like they're shooting them for their reactions and stuff. So typically, like when, the, when Dota the game starts on the camera, I'll try to find some fans or maybe like people involved with the team, you know, or their parents or something, and I'll lock off a shot with my camera, and then we're looking for reactions. So in Dota, it's like there's the observer in the game, and that's really the cameraman in the game. Yeah. Uh, Cameron, the cameraman, actually plays Dota, and he plays Underlords. As yeah. well, and he said that he plays Underlords because he's he's not strategic enough for Dota. Yeah. Like he said, he was essentially too old for Dota. So that confirms what we were saying. Yeah. I haven't played in a while, but uh, yeah, I, I actually played the original Dota game. I did play a bit of Dota too, but yeah, I really it's fun. To That's great because you have like connection as a person. Yeah. You said you played Underlords. Yeah. So that's a it's a, a version of the, what they call. Dota Auto Chess, which I've never actually played that, but it's sort of like a chess board with Dota heroes, and then it's you put them on the board, and then once the round starts, they kind of fight automatically, so it's not like you're going to be chess people. It has elements of Dota, but it's a totally different game. Carl, who is the director of The Late Show, learned Dota by watching, and that said it made his job not just easier, but more fun, because now he understands what's happening. But he never mm. actually went and like looked it up on Wikipedia. He right. just did it through the lens of the camera mm. and figuring out what to do to make this show work from a non-Dota perspective. My name's Carl. Carl, yeah. what do you do? I direct the late show. I also directed the group stage portion of the multicast. Okay. So the multicast is during group stage, there's four different games going on at a time. And the multicast will talk between them to show the most interesting game. Interspersed that with a segment uh, with posts and stuff at a, at a set. So it's kind of like NFL's Red Zone, where you can watch all the games at once and the team's about to score. You can, NFL Red Zone will put that one up so you can see it and go back over the game and stuff like that. So it's kind of a way to take four games and try to show you what the most interesting thing is happening in whichever game. Does that mean that you have to know Dota? I don't have to know Dota. Do you know but I have learned Dota over the last four years from working on the internet. Yeah. So I didn't know anything about Dota four years ago, but now I have a pretty good idea of how the game works, what team's winning, how close we are to the game ending, and that has just happened to work in TI for the last four years. So just, just by exposing yourself to this thing? Yeah, and well, it's very long games, you know, it's it's a lot, you see a lot of games in a very short period of time, and it's, you know, you're immersed in it 
for a whole week or two weeks, depending on how long you're there. And it, 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 it's in your brain. Yeah, you learn how it goes. Yeah. That's like learning by osmosis. Yeah, totally. It's like if you had to learn to speak another language, it just drop you in a country and you spoke that language. You know, you pick it up fast. What was you that feeling like to. for you? Is that that first person? I'm, I'm happy that I know it better now because it makes my job more enjoyable. Okay. So yeah. it's like positively impacted your work. Definitely, because I actually enjoy watching the game while it's happening and I can follow the storylines. Yeah, so I got to know players a little bit and I also directed uh, a live thing for the for Valve back in January. It was the premiere of their documentary True Sight. So they have a documentary every year about International. They premiered it in Copenhagen last year because that's where the team won it for basically. And, you know, I got to hang out with some players there. And, you know, there's a lot of, the whole community is very intermixed. Like you see tonight that late show has players come, announcers come, they meet fans. They're very open to talk to everyone. So whether it's plays Dota, whether it's a caster, whether it's people behind the scenes like us, the community is very curious. Um, he noted that like Dota is not really like a sport. It's not the same as capturing a sport. It's more akin to an awards show or some sort of yeah. other AV event. So mm -hmm. that's that. You know, why do we compare this to a sport question? And, and like I talked to all the other uh, sports events. Yeah, oh yeah, that's where I started. Oh uh, really? Yeah. yeah. Is this yeah. like a sport? I do. It, it is. Uh, no, it's more. I would say it's almost more like AV. But it's almost more like an AV event. It's more of a show, right? So what's happening in the game? is happening in the game. There's nothing, you know, it's, it's, it's happening in the game and there's people that know the game really well from something called PGL, Special Gaming League, based out of Romania. They're the ones that are showing you what's relevant in the actual game. Okay. They're the ones cutting around inside the game. So they're called observers. For us, the people showing you what's going on in set, the players going down into the pod, late show, it's really more like uh, a big, uh, you know, like an award show or like a big conference with a lot going on than it is like sport. Yeah. Okay. So, so I would liken it more to that. I would liken it. I would. I would liken the production more to a big award show than I would a sport. Yeah. And like the late show, we're going for like. Uh, very relaxed, very loose, late night talk show, you know, Jimmy Fallon type thing. Something like that. His name's coming up a lot when I ask, like, what is this thing? They're like, Conan O'Brien or Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, not that I know who these people are. Okay, they're just American yeah. late night show hosts. Oh, man. Okay, cool. Yeah. And what's your, I mean, as the director, do you get a creative vision? Uh, I get some of it. Yeah. 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 Um, Tell me more about that. Well, you know, they... They have a guy, somebody from Valve who produces the show, and he kind of comes up with the segments we're going to do. You know, Wait, so this play show is Valve producing? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Valve pays the people here? Well, the way a lot of stuff works in video production is there's a client that would be Valve. They hire a crewer. The crewer goes and finds the Okay. So yeah. a lot so of people yeah, are here. Exactly. Oh. Okay. But but like ultimately 
you kind of like top level from bottom to top. Bell to top level, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and they're doing this to create that community. Yeah, the late show is awesome because it's it doesn't focus so much on gameplay. Mm. It focuses more on the, the personalities around the game. Kaylee, on the other hand, represents kind of an opposite perspective from all these people. She's a production manager, and she aimed for the job five years before she got it. Oh, wow. Yeah, so she loves Dota. And uh, was looking out for this position. And yeah, and yeah. specifically said, I'm going to get as close to Dota as I can. And so she looked up, stalked the network, the production yeah. network, which is called the Production Network. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. That's the, name of, that's the name of the network. Uh, and applied for the job so that she could go to the international. Yeah. And she, this is the first international she's been at and the first one she's worked. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah. So this is the year she made it. This is, this, she just did it. She achieved wow. her dreams. Same, same for us. <laughs> slightly different level of, <laughs> of effort but yeah <laughs> poor Kaylee <laughs> that dedication was really and passion was apparent in the way that she talked about the game mm-hmm. um, but we also talked about gender dynamics and the fact that she's in a role of power uh, where she gets to tell people what to do and if she's doing her job well then she can actually watch the matches and nothing goes wrong and if people don't do their jobs then she's out there putting out fires. Oh, a successful day at TI uh, is when I get to watch the games. Oh, okay. <laughs> if I'm not watching the games that means I'm having to work. Right, okay, so if you've done your work like, and then other people are doing your work then you get to watch the games. Yeah. Cool. But then you have to put out fires if work is not happening. Right, right. Yeah. What does that mean for you? Like, um, it could mean a lot of different things. Lighting going down, running around, trying to find um, a player's phone because they lost it and they have to have it for the Steam Guard to be able to get into their uh, computer like to play. Yeah. yeah really it's cool. like, it could be any number of things. This event is so huge that one little thing could happen and you'll be running around for the next hour. Right. Which could be anything from like figuring out how to fix cast software and liaising between the people who need to do that, or a caster forgot their phone somewhere and she needs to find it. Mm-hmm. So it's really a granular detail. Um, she said that, uh, yeah, the scene is really unwelcoming to women. And then she mentioned a person that we all know, Kips. Honestly, there are a lot of girls that play online, but I don't know if it's something psychologically that we just, as we're growing up, we're not led to play games all the time, so we don't sit there and play to a level that we can become pros. There are women achieving that, and there's women like Sheever that are really pushing the boundaries for women Dutch yes, it's yeah. called uh, red, red dress. Kind of reddish hair. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So she's there. Um, obviously, the, the Asian communities, they have a lot more presence in females just because gaming is more dominant in the young, young community. So it's just the Westerners, so the girls are still kind of catching up. They, they're there, they're just not as like represented visually. Yeah, they're not as visible. Yeah. Um, what do you, yeah, what do you propose? Um, well, honestly, Val could really be pushing more for 
just um, like just the, the talent that they bring on. There are female casters. If we can uh, find some female casters and get them to a level where they can be on the TI stage and casting, just showing that. Uh, Kips is a coach. She's like the closest woman to me on the stage, basically. <laughs> but it'd be great if just one girl broke through with a team and got on stage. But it, it had to be like all encompassing. And Valve did kind of start with that last year. They had um, a, a, a video that they showed during TI about the Brazilian female community. So they kind of have started to push it, but it, it takes a long time for that kind of growth, especially with a game like Dota. Dota that's so complex. It just it's really hard to learn, so it'll take a long time for there to be a lot more female involvement. Yeah, she said uh, Kips is kind of like the person closest to breaking onto that main stage in a really big way. Yeah, and in fact, that's already happened in the summit this summer, right before the international. I believe Kips uh, drafted for um, complexity, which means that she was in fact not just coaching, but the sixth player on that team officially. And they didn't um, they didn't win that tournament, but they didn't do badly in that tournament. So I think uh, she took it as a sign of success that, like, as a player. She could do this. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. And and she predicted that, yeah, we're going to see more and more of that as people uh, invest infrastructure, but it will take many years because you mm -hmm. can't just go straight in. Like, you need to build people up mm -hmm. uh, from positions. So she was optimistic about it. She also said it was really great to use the bathrooms in the Mercedes-Benz Arena because yeah. they were mostly empty. Just spread out in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Free luxury choice. Um, Dota is the one event every year that I don't have to wait in the bathroom. <laughs> Um, at this point, talking to the crew uh, and cast, I noticed uh, a couple things. First was that I was eating their wings. Oh no! Like Just I didn't realize. Have hot sauce all over your face. <laughs> this is a great party. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. I realized this because as I left, it said, "You know, food and drink not provided on the ticket." Uh, and then I realized, oh, that's why everyone around the table was cast and crew because I was just talking to anyone. But I was at the cast and crew table, <laughs> and no one kicked me out. Which is very lovely. Okay. Jelly for you. <laughs> Did you wish them a nice body? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's the expression? I want to learn it, even though I'll never use it. Yeah. You yeah. say it like it's a curse. I almost also <laughs> said after, after that I almost said once of the week. What? Once of the week. Which is like once <laughs> my pronunciation's really bad, so even if I said it, maybe they'd misinterpret it. We saw that's English movie. No, they think it's English. Yeah. Yeah, right. Once next week. Once Louis is like <laughs> 1,000... 10,000 10, 10, blessings. Yeah. <laughs> On your body. No. Let's cut no, all of this. Really <laughs> Let's not cut it off. So the, the final thing happened, which was that the crowd had dropped out. And uh, I, there were only two people there that I had previously met. So I asked them, where is everyone? And they said... Well, Dendi's in the other room. Uh, so wait, why did everyone leave? Yeah, to see Dendi. Who's Dendi? And I didn't know who Dendi was. <laughs> so I asked, who's Dendi? And they were aghast and then got really excited and literally jumped up and down. And then one of her ears fell off because she what? was cosplaying. What? <laughs> <laughs> like an elf ear or like an orc ear? Yeah, what, what, what category of, of ear was that? I don't. A Windrunner ear or a Jar Ranger ear? Broodmother. 
Oh. <laughs> Do they have ears? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And um, yeah, I ask who Dendi is, and they say Dendi is the most famous Dota player. Yeah. He is the legendary. We all want to be him. He's our age. <laughs> Which I think was really weird at end I'm like, okay. He's our age. He's our age. Meaning he's old? The most legendary player in the entire Dota history. Wait, he's the most important player in Dota, basically. Yeah. He first came onto the scene for TI1 yeah. as like yeah. basically yeah. A, like a teenager. Yeah, and he yeah. won. How old was he? Was he? Yeah. Uh, Sixteen? He was like 16. Yeah, around 16. So we're all too old, is yeah. what you're saying. That's not true. That's not true. We can still. <laughs> it's just that we're not good at the game like that. <laughs> okay, but TI1 was nine years ago, so Dendi is the same age as us. Yeah. He's achieved more than you ever have. Okay, wait, in terms of Dota, right? Not in terms of life. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe in terms of life. monetary value, too. Okay. There's some overlap there. Yeah, I get you, I get you. But and then I asked also, like, oh, so he's, like, really quite famous, and yeah, he's so successful, we will never be as successful as him. And I say, in Dota, and they go, no. <laughs> <laughs> in life. And so they disappear. And I uh, interview some more cast members and crew members, and then walk out a few uh, minutes later, and I just see four people, three of whom are the Ukrainians that I had talked to earlier, mm -hmm. and one person I didn't know who was speaking Russian with them. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of went up and said, oh, are you Dendi? To <laughs> <laughs> yes. so this, like... <laughs> And was it His was it a tall kind of um, elfin elfin man with uh, a goofy expression on his face? He was short and surly. <laughs> he, was like, he was yeah. He then said, "No, I'm William." <laughs> that was his response first, and then everyone kind of went, also, what? <laughs> In what universe would I be confused with Dendi? Uh, and I said, like, oh, I don't know, I don't know anyone here. And then we just talked a little bit later, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, it was kind of a, a nice, perfect end to the night. I, I kind of really got into the groove of that position of being an outsider, yeah. of being, you know, a naive, uh, maybe even sneaky interloper. Mm -hmm. uh, and for this podcast. Not sunny. <laughs> not no, sunny. not sunny. I'm shady. Dour and shady. shady. Yeah. Shady. Yeah. How dire. And I... <laughs> like an exposition device. Um, but just as a kind of final, you know, cheeky end to the night, we were talking about the design of Dota, mm -hmm. and I just casually dropped in like, oh yeah, I interviewed Icefrog yesterday, he's really nice. And the, th the four of them all lost their shit collectively <laughs> for about three seconds, like freaking out in their various way. Two of them froze, and one of them just kind of put their hands to their head. Uh, and then I said, no, not really. And they screamed. <laughs> they were just like, no! <laughs> that, that, was, yeah, that, was, that is shady. That they threw these girls at you. <laughs> yeah, I felt like I had accumulated enough knowledge to be subversive. You know? <laughs> like, initially I was being subversive by not knowing anything, and yeah. I'm slowly turning into uh, more of like a targeted assassin. Via <laughs> a, knowledge. A Templar assassin. Or a phantom assassin. There are many assassins in Dota. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> all right well 
So Stephanie's what like a day. reclining on the couch. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just taking this all in, you know, uh, just nice bodies and uh, a thousand blessings. Eating other uh, people's chicken wings <laughs> and, and getting people's hopes up about ice frog. Seeing Chun Loon on TV in front of thirty thousand viewers. Looking for the the Lan Lan of Dota. Yeah. Um, oh my it's, gosh. What a day. It's it's actually really exciting because today, like, we're we're actually gonna go out. Out. Why are you? We're, we're gonna go and see some Dota in Shanghai, like not in the stadium. Why? Why are you laughing? No, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just delirious. Yeah, we've but, been doing this for a while. But we're gonna get out there and actually see it in other places, yeah. other than Mercedes-Benz Arena. Yeah, we've left Will at the stadium. Mm -hmm. He's 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 the true Dota fan. True. <laughs> One true Dota fan. And we're gonna go check out all the other ways to watch Dota around town. Yeah. So with that, we'll see you next episode. Bye. 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 GG. <laughs> GG. Right. Every game in the city is a podcast on the Idle Thumbs Network. We recorded season two in a hot living room in Huangpu during the summer of 2019. Our theme music is a cover of Dota 2 by Bass Hunter, a Eurodance track he released in 2006 featuring samples from the original mod. You can find us on the web at everygameinthis.city as well as most social media networks and podcasting platforms. Now that we've wrapped up the second day, in two weeks we'll check in with the full cast at the start of day three, see how Will's doing after his long day locked in the stadium, and interview Muriel Kipps Huisman, a Dota 2 analyst and former coach of TNC Predator, Vega Squadron, and Complexity Gaming.